Well, we're getting a little cooler here, heading into the fall and staring winter right in the hairy eyeball. In the Midwest, that means rearranging the wardrobe. It's time to pull out the jackets, your favorite hoodies, and uh, sadly, put those sandals back in the closet. If you're like me, though, you'll often find something in the pocket of one of those pieces of clothing. Maybe you left some cash, maybe a ticket to something. Either way, you get to play amateur archaeologist for your own past. Huh. Look at that. A teeny tiny sock. That's right. Maxine had just mastered pulling those off when I put this coat away last year. Welcome to my dad, I'm Dad. A podcast for anyone who's ever loved, lost, or anything in between. My name is Doug. After Dad passed away, I made sure to bring some of his clothes back home with me. They don't fit me particularly well, but they fit like a glove as far as keeping the memory of Dad alive is concerned. Occasionally, I pull out one of those jackets. They still smell like him. Admittedly, I swim in them, but the pockets are treasure troves of keepsakes from Dad that mean everything to me and nothing to someone who wouldn't have otherwise known him. I'm talking wadded-up toilet paper, plastic bags, fishing sinkers. Anyway, each one calls to mind a specific memory. Trash into treasure, you dig? And digging through those pockets reminds me of digging through the drawers of my childhood bedroom. Look, an old Sega Genesis. A VHS collector's copy of Jaws. And a pink sailor hat with some feathers and glitter glue all over it. This week I sat down with two other recipients of that same pink hat. They also happen to be two of my oldest friends. And I'm sure you guessed by now. But we don't get those hats or the memories associated with them without more than a little help from Dad. So, take it away, other me. All right, Alex, Matt, how the hell are you guys? Fucking glad to be here, man. <laughs> Me too. Now, one of the reasons I wanted you guys on here is not just because we've been friends since we were very young, not because we shared a ton of time together in high school, but because you both got to meet my dad and you knew who he was and what he was like in the thick of his life when he was like maximum level Wally. And both of you, at separate points, had reached out when you were listening to the first season of the show and said, oh man, could I come on at some point and tell the story about Wally and the tug of war at the senior lock-in? And I thought, yeah, of course you should. And lo and behold, here we are tonight. And I figured, why not have both of you on at the exact same time so that we can all talk about it together? Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> same. Glad, glad to be doing this. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm really glad that we can do this. Uh, it's something that, uh, well, I've thought about less and less over the years as I've gone to my my dad's actual house. But for a long time, when I was still making the the holiday and uh, break school break trips over there for like college spring break, go over there for three or four days, stop by Alex's house for a couple of days on the way, that kind of thing. When we were all going home for everything. Basically, most of us before we were 21 and had other shit to do or, or whatever. And we're, you're just going home for everything. During that time, I would go home and on my dresser at my dad's house was the little paper hat, that little paper <laughs> painter's hat. Yeah, thing. Like bedazzled they it. got me they, like somebody. I don't I don't know who did it. I, didn't. Yeah. I know exactly who did it. It was Courtney Vantine. OK, that's <laughs> crazy. Whoa. That's crazy. But yeah, so I still have that, I think. I mean, I don't have it in my possession, but my dad's pretty sentimental about that kind of stuff. And hmm. I'm pretty sure it's probably still sitting on my dresser at my dad's house. Wow. Now, Alex, do you remember what that little paper hat was in congratulations for? Uh, yes, we were the undisputed champions of the 2005 senior lock-in tug-of-war competition. Oh yeah. You're damn right we were. It was Oh yeah. Epic. 
That's right, gentlemen. It was a. It's like in the uh, NCAA tournament when, like, you have a sixteen going up against a one, and everybody's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna. I don't even watch basketball. I'm just gonna go ahead and write this one off. The one is going to win that. Yes, I'm going to pick yeah. Duke over Western Kentucky State via Alabama. Of course, I'm gonna make that pick. And uh, unfortunately for anybody who would have made that pick, us as Western Kentucky State via Alabama, uh, when we beat Duke uh, or some version of that. Yeah, we were your Bobby Boucher water boys. We were your regular big green little giants. Nobody, Nobody expected us, but there we came out of the back. We had had our fun, upbeat montage all in the span of eight hours somehow, and we came out on top. Yeah, I think like the definition of underdogs uh, and upset. It was an upset for the other teams involved because no one, I think, would have us included, would have looked at the roster of people competing and picked us for a win. No, not a single one of them, especially myself, because at that point in my life, I didn't really particularly care to do anything physical. You were. A big dude, though. <laughs> Long you hair, know? I remember. Like, yeah. No, I was actually, I was I was saying to my wife before uh, before we did this that I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure, I haven't seen Alex in a long time, but I'm pretty sure he's got long hair, and I've got long hair. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw Doug, he had long hair, and we had short hair, and now I'm pretty sure Doug's got short hair. Yeah. And that's just the, this total weird reversal of like what I would have probably predicted as far as like you're a lot more you're a, you're a dad you like yeah. that's, there's a reason you do this podcast you're a dad and you've got like without being corny about it this kind of dad thing going on and it, it wouldn't have picked you to get there first no 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 neither would I or or anybody else you know to, speaking of underdog stories I don't think anybody in high school would have ever thought hey man Doug Dort is going to be a dad someday and he's going to seem like he's a pretty okay dad Well I would have thought that you would have been a dad and that yeah, you would likewise. be a good dad I would have thought that too <laughs> well, I thank just you, boy. if you put it to me you know what I mean like I, I don't know if I you know I'm not trying to say what I would have thought out of my friend group was going to be a dad first. Like, I don't know who I would have said about that when I was yeah, a kid, you know, but I don't think it would have been you with your, with your long, crazy hair and your David Lee Roth, like yordling and, you know, <laughs> Oh uh, my God. I forgot your, about your that. Wild. Like, Hey, let's go, let's go get a tattoo in Sterling Heights from a British guy with a, you know, like, <laughs> That all that with a know? fifth element obsession that named his son, <laughs> yeah, named Corbin? His son Corbin. Like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? And roasted me for all of my like, he had this like burned CD of later period Metallica songs. And I was like, oh man, I like this music. And he was like, you got shitty taste in songs, mate. And I'm like, it's your fucking CD, <laughs> bro. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that guy was, he was ruthless for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Like, you know, I'm paying you, right? Like, I'm paying you to put art on my body forever. And this is my buddy that's here just to like help out because I'm an 18 year old kid. But yeah, sure. Go ahead. Make fun of us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Make fun of us, I guess. But yeah. Wait, that, does, that does feel very 90s though. What tattoo was that? I don't know if I even remember. I don't know if I know. It's this. the one that's over here. Okay. The, the, the bear? bear okay. The bear. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You can kind of there it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta you gotta complete that when we were kids. See, now maybe I should have known that you would have been a dad first because when we were kids, you told like, well, kids, we were 18. Uh, you told oh, me that it was like one day when you have a wife and a kid, or however many kids, you're gonna get like a mama bear and like a couple of baby bears tattooed on there with that bear. You oh. gotta complete that shit. You gotta complete that shit. You gotta dunk that shit. <laughs> I was literally going there in my mind. You gotta uh, dunk that shit. You gotta dunk that shit. Well, I kid you not. The only reason I haven't put it on there is because Amanda can't make up her mind about what she would want to be. And I think at one point I'm just gonna have to say, "All right, it's gonna be all bears." You know, it's just going to be bears. Mm-hmm. That bear stood as a as a very good 
rendition of a Kodiak bear that my dad and I had seen when I was young and my dad chewed Kodiak tobacco. And I always wanted a good reminder of him there. It's like, it, I don't know. He lived his life so big and so brash and so boldly that I kind of always suspected there might end up being some ending before his time. Huh. And I don't mean to say like, I knew he was going to die young, but he was never really coy about saying like, Hey, when I die, I want a party. I don't want it to be anything like sad funeral. I want it to be a party. So we did that. That was a, a, a pretty wonderful send off for him. And it, it just felt like it might, it might go that way. Mm -hmm. So even when I was young, I knew like, Hey, I better, I better start putting some mental flags in these things. I had no idea that he was eventually going to end up with dementia and that there would be this kind of slow and, and silent end to him, even though it was abrupt. Ultimately, I didn't know that we were kind of going to, you know, start pumping the brakes so early. And that's kind of what was one of the biggest tragedies for me. I knew he would go. I didn't know he was going to go the way that he did, which is part of the reason I wanted to talk to both of you guys tonight, because you knew him as Wally Dorda. You didn't know him as the the Hallmark movie watching aged version of who my father became, who was still wonderful and lovely and just so much fun to be around. But the the Wally. Yeah. The boys, you got to do this. Yeah. Was present that night of the senior lock-in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it was him that told us that we needed to do the tug of war. Or if it was one of us. But we didn't. I don't know how we ended up doing that either. Okay, so, yeah. Like, what I remember is we just kind of were goofing about. And we knew your dad was involved with it. And we were like, let's put a team together. And we should mention also that the fourth member of our team who isn't here, who I've literally not spoken to probably since that night, was Brandon Olenek. And yes. someone that we all knew were friends with ish but not like deeply friends with he was just another dude that we, we were cool with he was much more um athletically inclined than any of us were yes um but also skinny as a rail yeah not, yeah. not like a beast he wasn't a fullback he was like a, no i think he played basketball he was really tall yeah he was that kid if you've seen the Mighty Ducks and all of a sudden they bring in that kid from like the town over who's really good at hockey that just had no idea that they were going to make a team. Yeah, that was, was that bands. kid on our team. <laughs> like this is the guy that knew sports and knew how to Ooh. do these things well. And we were just kind of the ragtag group of misfits yeah. that decided to form up and do something. I remember this turn of phrase that I used that offended him immediately when I described our team in the moment. I was like, man, who would have expected that? We're just like the couch potato English hall kids. And he was like, hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I guess, yeah, I'm just talking about the three of us because we're the couch potato English hall nerds. But plus one. Don't athlete. you dare bring literature into this. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it must have been just like a, hey, let's do this kind of thing. Yeah. I'm sure we just roped Brandon into it because he was, like I said, a nice kid and, and approachable enough. Yeah, roped you know. also beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah, with the tug of war. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sure at the time um, I had probably never seen it written down before. Like I'd never seen it in writing. So I bet. I walked into that night thinking that it was Tuggle War, like Jesse Tuggle, uh, the, the linebacker from the... It comes out. Tuggle so I, War. I, I bet I thought it was Tuggle War going into that evening and was like, it's Tug O War? That's the <laughs> stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. Can you explain to me why Tuggle War is better? I don't know. It's because it's what I thought it was. That's probably why it's better. So me. that, I don't know. <laughs> that <laughs> is like a standalone thing. Tuggle War. Yeah. What I is that know. the name of? That could be the name of something. I don't know. Tuggle War. 
I love that. That does remind so me. Much. I don't remember if it was you, Matt, but somebody had misheard the lyrics in the Zeppelin tune and thought it was "You Need Kool Aid." That was me. That was yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Brought and to you, you know, by the but, same man who thought tug of war was real. Yeah, I have a justification that for that though. They used to put acid in Kool Aid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I thought he was talking about. Matt, like that's I just also, what that's why it made sense to me. I was like, why would he say you need Kool-Aid? Because there's there's drugs in that Kool-Aid. That's why you need it. Baby, he ain't Fool-Aid. <laughs> he ain't Fool-Aid. Matt, <laughs> I, I remember you having this discussion with my dad one time in that same era about werewolves of London. <laughs> oh, and good. that song, and it was like, Mike, do you think it's werewolves of London or werewolves of thunder? And you guys like had a talk about it. And I just remember sitting back like, well, I don't know. Like, I guess I'll just let them hash it out and oh, hope everything man. comes out in the wash. Let's work this thing. <laughs> work that shit out. I can see your dad, Alex, actually like the mental calculation in his brain. Where he's like, okay, the math equations and shit. I know on. for a fact oh. it's werewolves of London, but I need to, I, I, I need to humor this boy. <laughs> Okay. You would, yeah. Tell me why you uh, think it might that. be werewolves of thunder. <laughs> and the, the justification for that was, as I thought that the song, in my mind, for whatever reason, was about a biker gang. I don't mm -hmm. know why I thought that. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. It is. But, like, for whatever reason, I, that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, the werewolves of thunder sound like some sort of, like, Stephen Sondheim biker gang. So, like, it might be what this Warren Zevon dude, like, thought of. Is that Warren Zevon? I don't even know. Who's... Yeah, okay. I think so. Yes, it's, it's Warren Zevon. And Matt, you need to shut your mouth, because if you're going to be talking about a, a a biker gang in a musical, Josh Gad is going to listen to this episode for sure, and he's oh, already writing no. that musical, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I need you to keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> we'll do it together, and we'll benefit. Okay, that's don't, fine. Don't bring Josh Gad into this. Yeah, let's not. Let's um, not. Final submission, for, at least for myself, into the uh, misheard lyrics saga. One that has lived on in me since I was a kid with such hilarity is my sister for like a decade thought that the songs to smooth, the, the, the words to smooth operator were oob operetta. Oob operetta. And it's kind of like, that's kind of beautiful in a way <laughs> and hilariously wrong. Anyway, I love it. Venturing on. Actually, I can't think of your sister to this day without thinking of red, red wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> red, red wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that in a long ass time. UB40? Yeah, UB40. Yes, All right. So, getting us back on track here a little bit. We. Indeed. None of us remember how we got involved in Tug of War, but we knew that we were going to be there. And like you had already discussed, we decided we were going to bring Brandon Olenek along. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do any of you remember how many rounds there were that night? Three I, or four. At least four, yeah. Because we went up against what I can remember being like two teams of like the heavy hitter football kids. And then one, maybe one or two, but definitely one team of other kind of couch potato kids. And the funny thing is, we were, I would imagine, the, if you added up the poundage of each team, we were the lightest. Absolutely. And we didn't have like a banker kid, you know, you know, like putting himself in the loop at the end of the rope, just like, I'm going to hold this bitch down. Like, we didn't have that. We did this by strategy, which I think was, uh, you know, your dad kind of giving us these little, and it wasn't like he, like, you know, we had a huddle and there was like some intense, he was just giving us like little blurbs of like, all right, boys, this is what you do. And I just remember it being like, you just start digging and you don't stop digging. And that was basically what we did too. And that was how we triumphed. And maybe I'm getting ahead of the story here, but no, no, that's honestly, that's exactly what it was. He did a lot of eyebrow acting, as I remember that oh, night. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, you know, this is what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, I noticed that by the time they get kind of to the middle, they get a little cocky. So if yeah. you don't want to go ahead and... Uh... Mm -hmm. And he was 100% correct. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. let up. They start, they start to feel like they've won. 
and then they relax. That's when you get them. And he was dead on because that was exactly how we – I remember one of those teams of, like, the football kids got us right to the line. You know, the line where there's, like, the, the rag tied to oh, the yeah. middle of the rope and you lose when you go over that line. And they, like, kind of relaxed. They thought they won. And we just did not stop. And we drug their asses backwards until – I remember I remember so keenly the look of panic and devastation in their eyes as they realized that we had just trounced them and made them look like asses in front of all of the people that they felt like they were the kings of. I don't know. It was a beautiful moment for we English hall nerds, I think. It really was, dude. It's like, it's one of those silly moments that you think like, all right, well, high school ultimately didn't matter too much other than like the relationships I made, which have endured to this day, like you guys. Preach. And we all, we've all gone on to live our lives and we've all endured tragedies and we've all done the like, I'm going to build myself up. And then all of us have been torn the fuck down only to build ourselves back up again so that we can have a conversation like this and feel totally fine bullshitting around a computer on a Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We've been there. We've done that. Oh yeah. But when considering high school, a lot of it is so silly. But a lot of it is so wonderful and a lot of it is so beautiful. There is always that dichotomy. And it's still written about in every single teen comedy to this day. There's the sports kids. There's the nerds. There's the theater kids. There's the blah, blah, blah. There's the blah, blah, blah. We were the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like We were way over on the side. Nobody would have expected us to do what we did, ourselves included. And the fact that we did that that night that we won and like you said that look in their eyes and i remember another set of eyes that i'll talk about in just a second but that look in their eyes of like oh no this is happening like they they just outsmarted us we can't we can't gain ground because they they had outmatched us in every single way they outclassed us in every single way and i'm talking these were actual really dedicated athletes mm-hmm And it's not because we had the power and it's not because we had the mass and it's not because we had the tenacity. We just had a brain for let's do something that's going to matter tonight out of nowhere. I don't know why we chose that night. Yeah. And it sticks in my mind forever. But that other set of eyes, other than them realizing like, Oh no, we are going to lose this thing is my dad's and his were sorry. It's an audio podcast, but you guys can see me. (laughs) (laughs) yep like his his head was shaking his brow was sweating his arms were clenched like every muscle in his body was tensed in just that moment of like (gasps) my nerd son is about to drag these people over the line with his nerd friends (laughs) (laughs) yep and it will live in infamy your dad like having this like progressive progressively reddening face throughout all of it of mm-hmm. like just like i don't know you know starts off like you say with a little bit of eyebrow acting and after the first team that you know we miraculously beat or whatever he's becomes like a yogi Berra, but for you know tug of war and basically trying to just like hit it where they ain't you know when they when they pull they gotta not pull and then when they not pull you pull you know what i mean and mm-hmm. like exactly and so like there was a little bit of that but then like after like a couple little like you know rounds or matches or whatever and when we're coming out on top by the end i mean i remember it could just be that you know i'm not that tall i'm like 511 or something like that i remember your dad doug is being like six foot five is that like a complete falsity is he like six three or something like that he's a big or, dude he was he like, was six foot four Okay, so six foot four, sure. And but his uh, his voice and his presence carried a hell of a lot more weight than that. Well, a six foot four is pretty big, dude. And I just remember when we uh, it would have been the last round when we like you know like won the whole thing or whatever. Not to get ahead of like the story or you know anything like that. But the thing when I think of your dad, so when I've been listening to your podcast every time you put out a new one, it's usually Monday. And so I, I incorporate that into my Monday 
workout podcasts or whatever. Uh, There's been a couple of times where I've had to stop and like cry and shit like that, which, you know, thank you. Um, Likewise. uh, So, but the lasting image of you. So when I picture you're talking about your dad. And so, you know, I picture the, your dad that I know and the, your dad that I know really, and, and, and the most lasting image, despite having met the man, dozens of times, you know, over the course of, especially the summer that I lived at Alex's going to your house and back and forth to different places and stuff. The lasting image is, is he had a little bit of like a three day gray beard going on. I feel like he had glasses with thin rims, but big lenses, you know what I'm saying? And his face was really, by the end, it was very red. Um, I remember like a pocket, Maybe V-neck, maybe not. In my memory, it was like a, a little bit of a V-neck kind of thing going on. Pocket, like mauve or like uh, maroon type colored T-shirt. Damn, I do not you know remember I mean? those details. Uh, and like very, and, and, and shorts that are probably fashionable for now, but for 2005 were a little short. <laughs> um, and, uh, and socks, white socks, the like crew socks with like the white, they're, they're so like, they got that ripple in them. You know Damn what man, I mean? I call them feet t-shirts. Oh, yeah, feet t-shirts. <laughs> there you go. All the way up to just below the knee. And after we pulled the flag over the center line and out of the circle or whatever you got to do, I think it's a circle, you know, you pulled it out of the circle. He comes running up. Like he's signaling touchdown in the goddamn Super Bowl. And like like the Lions have just won the Super Bowl. He's signaling touchdown. He's yes! yes with like these big, big glasses, and his face is all red, and he's this giant of a man, and and is I can see a lot of his really pasty white, like lawnmower thighs, and like Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the lasting image for me of your father. So when you tell all these stories, they're they're wrapped through the uh, that memory for me. Everything goes through that prism for me when I hear them. And, uh, you know, that's probably a million of those prisms when you think about your dad, of course. But like that's that's the prism for me when I hear stories about your dad. They all get wrapped through this uh, six foot five uh, giant of a man who whose face was, you know, red as a fucking kickball and <laughs> like, like cherry tomato. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, running up from having signaled that the game was over. And like, it was just, it was a pretty glorious moment. You know what I mean? Like I, it was almost having been there for that. I don't think I could have another memory. You know what I mean? That I, like I know the, exactly what you mean. The, I, the emblematic one. Thank you. Because it's, I have all these memories of my dad. I have them all. And they're, they're all so close to me. They still are. And there's, there's not a day that goes by, just like in the first episode of the show, when I talk about the, the empty chairs, there's not one single day that goes by that I don't see him somewhere or imagine something he might be doing with me or imagine something he might be doing with Maxine. And I used to cry solely thinking about that. What is he not doing? And now I tear up at the happier thought of like, I know exactly who he was and I know exactly what he liked to do. And I know exactly how he liked to champion things for people around me. And it didn't matter who the fuck you were. It didn't matter. If you mattered to me, you mattered to him. And that night in that outfit, doing what he did, he did it so that we could have a memory like this. And he didn't know that in 15 years, we would all be sitting down talking about it. He had no idea, but he wanted it to matter that night. And what he also didn't know was that I would continue to grow throughout my life, remembering these things, carrying them with me because they mattered so much. And that because those moments with him mattered so much, I would care to continue to make memories with both of you for as long as I could. One simple tug of war which was not that simple. We had to work our asses off to win that, and he made sure we knew we worked our asses off to do it. Means we'll always have a special bond, which we already did, but that one really put a pin in there. Yeah. And we'll never stop 
because for one night we were kings of shit. <laughs> Nobody clapped. Nope. No. Nobody was around to watch it except for him. Yeah. And he cared. And then eventually Courtney Van Tyne did because she made us some really cool hats. <laughs> so <laughs> I doubt you're listening, Courtney, but if you are, thank you so much for those hats. Yeah. I still have mine and hopefully I'll be able to take a picture and I can send it out. Uh, it's over at my mom's house. But that night it was just so ethereal and cool because I speak about it a, a lot. I'm not a sports guy. I, I never was a sports guy. But that night we were able to connect all three of us on a level with my dad about something that he cared about forever in his entire life. He cared about sports so much. And that was his Super Bowl. We won. Yeah. We yeah. did it. That's awesome. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. We made it work. That's awesome. Still don't like, obviously I know how, right? We just employed the strategy, but we did it. Yeah. We turned the other team's hubris upon themselves. <laughs> That's always the way it's, it's, it's been uh, like resolved in my mind. It's like, well, it took some nerds to understand, to eck out with your dad's guidance to figure out the equation. The four of us not in any way physically being superior to come out on top. And that was just by recognizing the inherent hubris of those who were physically superior and exploiting it. And, you know, I'll never forget the just stunned silence when we actually did win because it was just the five of us celebrating our team and your dad and your dad's look like Matt illustrated hands up, like signaling an airplane to land, you know, like, just this look on his face like you fucking did it <laughs> and ah man his booming voice across the gymnasium yeah you know what i would love i would love if i could time travel i wouldn't like go back and fix anything i i, I know too much about other stories about how that can go terribly wrong right mess up i wouldn't go back line. and fix any of that stuff but what i might do is i might go back to that night and i might walk across the gymnasium right behind a group of other kids that may have been going off to do something else and hearing what would have been total silence followed by the most loud, thunderous, boisterous Wally Dorta like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, potentially watching them scatter in fear because he was so loud and he was just so joyous. But, like... <laughs> The importance of that night is not that we won. The importance of that night was that he gave so much of a damn about what we did for that moment and connected with us on a level that mattered to him and mattered a hell of a lot to all of us for whatever alchemy occurred that night. I'll, I'll always remember it. And it was just such a, a perfect example of who he was. Because when he could do it, he would make you feel like the most special person on the planet. And he knew in that moment that he could provide that for each of us that night. Like, I'm going to knock it all out. I don't know if Brandon would feel the same way. But I do know for a fact that the only reason, years and years and years after that happens, that the both of you reach out to me separately after listening to a podcast about him months ago and mentioning the same story is because he took the time that night to show up the way he did and champion us the way he did yeah. absolutely well i mean like i remember when i told my dad about it he didn't believe it till i showed him the hat <laughs> you know what i mean i got a bedazzled hat look at this look at this hat man they wouldn't just make oh that they wouldn't make that for anybody <laughs> dad <can't> imagine <laughs> oh, i got proof uh, yeah what no, proof basically oh, it's this, sparkly this pink hat <laughs> oh man and, and it's like i said it's still sitting on my dresser uh, i moved around a lot as a kid and that's that's the only reason i didn't play like sports as a kid or anything like that it's not like because i didn't like sports or anything but my dad doesn't have any trophies from little league for me because i was never any one place long enough to play little league you know what i mean yeah. so like uh so so like kind of it's kind of dumb but like it's kind of cool in the same way that that pink uh tug of war hat that's my 
that's my little league trophy or whatever. So, yeah. and it's not, it's not one that everybody got either. It's, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, you had to win like, to get it. You had to win to get it. It's, it's that one wasn't made, you know, on mass with just like little placards that you could engrave and give out to everybody who took part in it that year. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate being able to come on and talk about that story. It's definitely something that even I think it's you said 15 years later, but I think it's 17 years 17. later. Yeah, man. As and... I, I was considering the other day, like, wow, we are we're getting closer to the 20th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh and and it's uh I don't know, man. Um I know that uh and you can feel free to like not like put this in your podcast or whatever if you don't want uh that's not why i'm saying it just on a personal level the idea of somebody like your dad not being able to like remember like his own legend in a way is tragic to me like i i I, when i think about that and when i'm forced to think about that it's it's a real tragedy and I'm just glad there's a lot of people. There's a lot of little, you know, uh, bits of the dandelion or whatever out there. You know what I mean? That, uh, of that legend that, that people remember and carry around with them. And I know I do. And it sounds like Alex does too. And probably other things too. This is definitely the big one for me when it comes to your dad, but like, I'm sure that, you know, it's just i'm glad that we remember and i'm glad that uh i hope that someday you know that some, the same could be said about me and you know all of us you know what i mean but like sure. the fact that he wasn't able to uh i don't know that sucks that that fucking sucks uh and i you know. first i appreciate you saying that but the whole width and breadth of what it took for me to make this show in the first place and being so open and honest with myself and so emotional with myself and so available to anybody who was listening the the intent was this tragedy can strike any one of us at any given time yeah and it's very unlikely that what has happened to you is unique to you but your perspective is unique to you and what is a guarantee is that shit will happen and we'll all eventually die. And that sucks. So in order to celebrate my dad's life, I wanted to do just that. I wanted to celebrate life. It's not that I don't want people to remember who my dad was when he was embroiled in, in the dementia and starting to really take a turn negatively with his health. And that is, it's a tragedy. It sucks. But it helps all of us. It's got the three of us digitally in a room together mm-hmm. that's amazing i'll take the small win yeah. and he yeah. wouldn't want it any other way and i know that for a fact because of the things that he discussed with me while he was still alive and in yeah. control of all of his mental faculties that sucks but guess what when you die you don't know what your legend is anyway van gogh didn't know he was going to be appreciated by people yeah. edgar Allan poe didn't know he was going to be appreciated by people thousands of artists Hundreds and thousands of people in their lives had no idea that they were going to be remembered. Yeah, sure. All of us tonight remember him in a big, bad way. Yeah. And that means the world to me, not just because he was my dad, but because he was my daughter's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I want her to know him from people like you. Because you got to know him. You got to meet him. You got to experience the 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 totemic qualities of my dad in his prime i'll never be that guy i can't be him i don't want to be him i wish and i hope so desperately that people might associate a small part of my life with his in just just in so much as i can help folks feel special we live totally different separate universes of what we want to do with our lives. But if we can do that one thing together, I'll call it a win. And I'll call that his legacy living on in me. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's 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 always it's really difficult to describe and i get really emotional very easily when i'm talking That's about true. it but i love you guys never stopped and i wanted to celebrate both of your lives by talking about his because you're alive right now if you weren't that would suck but here we are bullshitting about a tug of war tournament 17 years ago we're here you know yeah. one of one of the things that you've that's been touched on i think that really lives for me with that memory is the quality that your dad had to shine a light on whoever he was focused on in such a i don't know it, it was it was unique and i remember it when we did weird throwback memory when we the three of us did the christmas carol thing down in downtown ortonville for their little christmas in the village thing that was half-assed but like your dad when he turned his eye on you you were in the spotlight you were in the hot seat you know like and that ah that was just an unrivaled experience in ways that i can't really describe because uh, you kind of had to have experienced it but something about that senior lock-in setting experience the time involved it's such a precipice of the ending of one life in the beginning of another and the fact that we were able to shoehorn that little wildly gratifying life affirming experience into that has just it's meant a lot in in a sense of like the the golden memories of that era because you know life quickly goes on from there to so much else and you know we all went in our different directions and that's life but that yeah i don't know what you call it a signpost uh yeah, that's what I uh, what I tend to call them is like little flag posts. Yeah, that you just plant. Yeah, you know, I, my mom still lives in Ortonville, where all of this happened, mm -hmm. and I still go back there and I see it all, and it feels feels like slipping into a pair of shoes that you would have worn when you were in high school. Your feet were still the same size, but they fit completely different because you move different, you experience the world differently, you were doing different things. The place is very different. The memories are the exact same. Mm -hmm. I wish there were some things that were a little bit similar about the town and, you know, as, as, as compared to the way it was when we were in high school there, but I can always visit those things and I can always call you or I can always call you and we can always bullshit because after about 30 seconds of talking, it feels like we never stopped. Yeah. That's pretty special. Does she still live in the same house? The exact same one, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I I have so many like like weird, like not the, the memories aren't weird. The things you remember are weird. I remember your kitchen really well. Mm -hmm. Like again, the memories aren't weird. The, the it's it's just what you remember and what you don't is is often a little bit strange. And and I remember like getting into do you have a you have a side by side refrigerator, right? Uh-huh. Like with the two, you know, one of these refrigerators. I've never had one of those refrigerators in my life. I've always had the ones with the freezer on the top and the and the and, and it's usually white and made out of some kind of corrugated like steel or something and has little rust spots on it. Like that's my refrigerator, you know. Um, like I just I, it's weird that summer or summer. It was more than a summer. It was most of a year that I lived at Alex's house, mm -hmm. uh, and I was able to kind of spend a lot of time at your house as well in that time because i lived in town for the first time and i had a car you know what i mean so like for part of it anyway i had a car so i was able to spend some time with uh people the way that like uh, a local would have because i always kind of lived out of town i was never like like my parents or yeah my parents whatever you call them, my parents my parents got divorced the year after we moved to ortonville and we had this big ass house that they built on some big gaudy piece of property and that was all gone within 14 months of us moving into it living in 
uh, Grand Blank. We're living in then eventually Birch Run. And it was like, I'm going to end up having to move schools my senior year. And that's when I moved into Alex's house. So I was like, this is bullshit. Uh, and there was a lot of other stuff going on uh, at the time too that contributed to me moving into Alex's house and what a relief that that was. But that one summer, once uh, school was over and uh, it was like, so it was like the summer of 2005 is uh, for a long time. And I think I, the sad thing is with time, you remember certain things less and less and less, but uh, at a time, maybe when I was 22, 23 years old, that summer was like maybe the most important moment or not moment, but the most important time of my life in a good way uh from you know before my adulthood and like um a lot of that had to do with uh spending time in your basement doug and like getting up to which is crazy because like you know i we didn't do anything that 18 year old kids shouldn't do i didn't I didn't even smoke cigarettes yet. We didn't smoke you know weed I mean? yet. Like I was gonna say, like I didn't even smoke cigarettes yet. Yeah. You know? Like we didn't. I mean, occasional bottle of wine that you, you know, gank from somewhere or something. But like, I, other than that, you know what I mean? Like we didn't. We we weren't really getting up to anything. <laughs> no, but no, no, like no. it was still like this. Like, oh my God, we're free. We're we're. I can we can do whatever the hell we want. Like it was it was a really magical time. I'm still just so grateful for it. So grateful for it. I spent my summers in Latchkey. You know what I mean? Because my uh, uh, to make ends meet, my mom's my mom married my first stepfather when I was two years old. So I grew up with him as my dad. Like it's why you know he's my dad. My actual dad I saw for. Uh, 30 hours or so every two weeks uh he picked me up on saturday afternoon about two o'clock in the afternoon when he got out of work uh in roseville he would drive to pontiac to pick me up and then we would drive out to port huron from there where he actually lived and then sunday evening after the lions game he would take me back home and so uh that's how i saw my dad Uh, i've actually probably realistically in the summer year the 10 months whatever i lived at alex's house probably spent more actual physical time around alex's dad than i ever have around my own dad in my entire life Hmm. so like that summer was just so so fucking different than than anything i had experienced before that and and so much of those memories of of being around alex's parents and being around your parents and it's weird because I know Alex's parents remember me really well because I lived in their house and I'm unforgettable. So uh, I will walk around with one shoe on so you don't forget who I am. Uh, but uh, but your, your mom might not remember me that well. That's okay. I remember your no. mom pretty well. You know why she will always... Summer. You know. you know why she'll always remember who you are? is because she loved the poem that we all wrote together in high school yeah. so much. Sir, that she made six copies of it. Oh, wow, laminated damn. each one of them. Wow, damn, and kept one of them always in my childhood bedroom. Wow, so she'll never forget, and I'll never forget oh. any of you guys for a similar reason. In that, what you were talking about there is perfect. We never know, we never know how long something is going to last. We never know what matters in the moments that it matters until we have a time to think about it. It's just eventually, after the dust settles, when things get a little bit chaotic, we can always sit down and think, man, you know what I really appreciated? Sitting by that stream, or reading that book when the sun was shining, or making dandelion wine, or reading the book Dandelion Wine while we were in school. Or being so damn pissed off that we had homework to do. <laughs> and we have no idea that those things are going to matter the most in our entire life. And then they do. Years later, after shit goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff becomes really important. And after what has been a really crazy time in my life, what is it? <laughs> after what has been a really crazy time in your life, after what has been a really crazy time in your life, I couldn't imagine a better way to celebrate my dad's life 
than by getting back in touch with both of you and asking you to share a silly story about a tug-of-war tournament from a long time ago that didn't matter at all until it mattered the most in the world. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for being here, the both of you. I love you. And I, I love you that. too, man. Both love of you. you guys. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. I only have a few wishes for my daughter Maxine as she gets older. That she knows we love her. That she's content more often than she's not. And that she has friends like these to talk to when things in life progress beyond our capacity to handle them alone. You see, for me, friends and family most often blended into one giant amalgamation. And that? That was one hell of a family reunion. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. New episodes come out weekly on Mondays during the season cycle. If you like what you heard, you can follow along over on social media. We have a Facebook and an Instagram, at MDIDpod. If you have anything you'd like to say, or you just want to drop by and say hi, or you want to be a guest on the show, please send an email. MDIDpodcast at gmail.com Thank you, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. This week's Wally Wisdom is more of an action suggestion than it is a direct quote from Dad. Go get some toilet paper. Wad it up, put it in your jacket pocket. Do it right now, I'll wait. Might benefit you now, might benefit you later. Who knows, maybe you'll have to blow your nose. You'll be happy you have that toilet paper. And maybe, just maybe, you'll leave it there for years. You'll pull it out and remember this moment. And hey, if that moment is so happy it makes you cry, you've already got the TP, baby. We'll see you next time, folks.